تبقي حياتي We welcome you all to another hadith on the series of 40 hadith of Imam Nawaf series, sisters. Insha'Allah, today we are going to analyze hadith number 18. This hadith of today's is reported on the authority of Abu Dar Jundub ibn Junada and Abu Abdul Rahman Mu'ad ibn Jabal radiallahu anhumah from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who said, Fear Allah wherever you are and follow up a bad deed with a good deed and it will wipe it out and behave towards the people with a good behavior. This hadith is recorded by At-Tirmidhi sisters. Before we delve into today's hadith in detail, let me tell you the general comments about this hadith. This is one of the hadiths wherein the Prophet ﷺ gives a companion some an advice. Although it is for all Muslims in reality. In this particular case, the Prophet ﷺ has stated advice whose meaning covers all of the rights that an individual must attend to. In one short statement, the Prophet ﷺ covered the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over an individual, the rights of an individual upon himself and the rights of other individuals over a person. By fulfilling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights, one becomes beloved to Allah. By fulfilling the rights of human beings, one also becomes beloved to them. It could even be argued that this is an all-encompassing advice beyond which one really needs no other advice. Subhanallah. Insha'Allah, let's move on to the hadith. And first of all, let's talk about the term taqwa. It's because the term taqwa is mentioned in this very hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ittaqillah, meaning fear Allah. If you check this hadith, sisters, you will find out that the term Ittaqillah in this very hadith is translated as fear Allah. Often you will find it, sisters, that whenever you see the term ittaqillah or attaqwa, you will find the translation is mere fear of God or fear Allah. Subhanallah. While fearing Allah is one of the parts of taqwa. This means, sisters, taqwa has more deeper meaning than fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Inshallah, we will discuss in detail what really taqwa means. The linguistic meaning of taqwa, the term taqwa is a shield or protective barrier. It is to protect oneself from what angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator. Subhanallah, some of the scholars define the term taqwa as placing a protective barrier between yourself and Allah's punishment. Subhanallah, what a clear explanation. Taqwa also means, sisters, doing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined us and avoiding that which he subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden. Let me give you an example from the Sira sisters. An incredible example that demonstrates this concept sisters. It was once Umar who was asked by 
by Ubay ibn Qa'ib about taqwa. Ubay said, Have you ever taken a thorny path? Umar replied, Yes, I have. Upon that, Ubay asked, So how did you travel along this thorny path? Subhanallah, look at the reply of Umar He said, I rolled up my garment and I was cautious as to where I would tread to avoid being pricked by the thorns. Subhanallah. So Ubay responded and said, this is taqwa. What an explanation to ponder over sisters. This example explains the meaning of taqwa. It illustrates how a person of taqwa is cautious and careful with where they tread, not out of fear of stepping on the thorn, but out of fear of stepping into what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. They are aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with every single action and step they take. Taqwa is one of the most virtuous characteristics a Muslim can have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this in surah number 49 verse number 13 where he says, Verily the most honorable of you with Allah is that who has a taqwa. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-knowing, all-aware. In surah number 3, verse number 76, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, Allah loves the muttaqeen. Please take your mushafs and check those verses, sisters. Subhanallah, sisters. Through these verses, we should understand that the believers who are honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who have taqwa. If we want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and earn Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure, we should strive to have taqwa. Having taqwa leads towards the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself gives us an intense period of training to attain taqwa. Can you guess what it is, sisters? When do we get intense tra training in our life? I'm sure you all have come up with the same answer. That is fasting, especially the fasting in the month of Ramadan. Fasting is an exercise of taqwa, subhanallah. As we fast throughout the day, our bodies urges us to eat and drink. Our hearts, however, resist these temptations out of love and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by abstaining from food and drink, which is halal and necessary for our bodies, we will the strength we need to abstain from what is prohibited. Through abstaining from that which is halal, we train our body and train our mind and we, we are able to attain this God consciousness, taqwa. Taqwa in this day and age is difficult to attain. Subhanallah, subhanallah, it is true. Because of the accessibility of haram and the difficulty in the halal. For example, zina has become easier to do while marriages has become very difficult, sisters, this is the reality. However, with the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it can become easier. It is Allah alone who can help us attain the state of piousness, taqwa. In order to gain taqwa, we need to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly, sisters. Especially with sins that we repeatedly commit. And we need to fight our nafs fight our souls so we don't go back to that sin as well as increase our worship and consciousness 
in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How we can do this sisters? There are ways and means where we can increase the state of taqwa, God consciousness. I can give you a few examples. First and foremost, I could say fast outside Ramadan. When we fast, we are engaged in the very exercise that builds taqwa. We are more conscious of what we say, what we do, what we see. There are many voluntary fastings outside of Ramadan prescribed in the deen of Al-Islam. We have weekly fasting like Mondays and Thursdays. So train yourself to continue this after you finish the Faral fasting in the month of Ramadan. Secondly, let's try our best to let go of the haram. Part of taqwa is to avoid the haram sisters by being aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing that he watches every single thing we do, we will avoid the prohibitions. We are more conscious of Allah seeing us. Thirdly, we can increase our worship. For example, we can increase the reading of the Quran. Daily, we have to commit some time and read the Quran. Also, we can increase the prayer during the night time as well as we can pray the sunnah prayers before and after each farad prayer. Another way is to give sadaqah. Giving sadaqah more often will increase our taqwa. Also make more dua during the day, during the prayer and before and after the prayer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who make dua. You have nothing to lose. You are asking from the Lord of the heavens and the earth. He can grant you whatever you want. Fourthly, struggle against your nafs. Struggling against one's desires, the hardest thing a person can do, sisters. Use the synergy of fasting alongside with struggling against your nafs. Let's move on to the second part of the hadith, sisters. Where Rasulullah said, And follow up a bad deed with a good deed and it will wipe it out. This portion of the hadith demonstrates that even those who have taqwa slip sometimes and commit sins. Subhanallah, we have to understand sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us and he knows our shortcomings and he knows that we commit sins. And he has showed us how to repent to Allah, how to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Being from the muttaqeen does not imply perfection. No one is perfect, subhanallah sisters. However, the muttaqeen, those who have piousness, do not persist in their sins. When they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they change back to their old selves and they immediately follow up evil deeds with good deeds. This is in accordance with what Rasulullah has advised them to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Glorious Quran, chapter number 3, verse number 133, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ أَرْضُحَ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ عِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ And hasten to forgiveness from your Lord and a garden that is the paradise as wide as the heavens and the earth prepared for the righteous. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats this message in surah number 3 verse number 135 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and those who when they commit and immorality or wrong themselves, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek forgiveness for their sins. And who can forgive sins except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who do not persist in what they have done 
while they know. Subhanallah. So those who have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do a good deed after committing a sin sisters. So I'm sure you might be asking what good deeds we can do. So let me give some example. Subhanallah. Saying la ilaha illallah. Meaning there is no God worthy of worship except Allah. Is the greatest of good deeds sisters. Subhanallah. Making tawbah and istighfar. We know that they remove our sins. Also good deeds that erase sins include making wudu, the five daily prayers, our hajj and umrah, etc. Sisters, the greatest of good deeds is tawheed, that is affirming the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the gravest of evil deed is disbelief and shirk. It is important to note that an evil deed that violates the right of others is not simply wiped away by a good deed sisters. For an example, the sin that you have committed involves another person or another human being. That sin is not simply wiped away by a good deed you do. Instead, the sinner must return the right to the person or ask for his forgiveness. If that is not possible, then he or she must pray for the wrong person and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him or her. So let's move on to the third part of the hadith where Rasulullah said and behave towards the people with a good behavior. This means that one should deal with and interact with others in a good manner. This includes having a pleasant expression and smile when one greets them. It also includes being calm and gentle with them as well as not having bad thoughts about them. This should be done with respect to all people. For, for an example, both the young and the old. This concept of good behavior is summed up by some people in the statement, you should treat the others in the way that you would like them to treat you. We discussed this topic in detail in our last week's podcast, Two Sisters. In this hadith, Rasulullah has advised the person to have a certain behavior. This demonstrates that a person can change and determine his behavior. He can do those acts that are of good behavior and character to the point that he grows accustomed to them. He can grow so accustomed to them that they do become his nature and character. Hence, a person can change his character and if he or she is of bad character, then following this advice of Rasulullah he or she must work to change their character. Subhanallah sisters. If you look at this hadith, you will understand that Rasulullah gave this advice that could lead a person to paradise, to Jannah. This is proven by another hadith of Rasulullah in which the Prophet was asked about the thing which most causes people to enter into paradise. And he said, Taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq. Subhanallah. Rasulullah said, The taqwa of Allah. And good behavior. So Rasulullah pointed out two characters that can bring a person closer to Jannah. What are they sisters? One is having taqwa of Allah. And the second one is having good behavior. Can you imagine sisters how important it is? A Muslim's behavior and manners are supposed to be derived from the Quran and Sunnah. A Muslim's life and behavior should be an actualization and implementation of the Quran 
and Sunnah. This is exactly what you can see from the example of our beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umm al-Mu'mineen, our mother Aisha radiallahu anha was asked about the life of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was asked about the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she answered, كَانَ خُلْقُهُ الْقُرْآنِ Meaning, his character was the Qur'an. Subhanallah, sisters, what a role model he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is. And this hadith is recorded in Sahih al-Muslim. So let me summarize this hadith of today's sisters. One must have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under all circumstances, wherever she or he may be, whether he or she be alone or with others. We should have taqwa. Secondly, even a person of taqwa may slip and commit sins. This is the reality, sisters. That is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created human beings. However, he or she should not persist in those sins. Instead, he or she should follow them up with good deeds that will wipe them away by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Rabb. Finally, an essential characteristic of taqwa is to behave with people in good manner. One should behave towards them in a manner that he or she likes for them to behave towards him or her. With that, Nasiha sisters, I am winding up today's podcast. Inshallah, I am hoping to meet you all with the next hadith next week. Until then, stay tuned with us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.